the big Scottish football podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Hello, and somehow we have made it to episode 38 of the big Scottish football podcast. I'm Stephen Mill, and he is Ewan Cameron. I'm not looking forward to this podcast. Why not? Why are you laughing, producer Chris? What do you mean? He's giggling there in the corner like a... I don't think... I don't think there's anything you've got to worry about. Is there? Did you see my Twitter feed at the weekend? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was another massive weekend in Scottish football and we're going to look back on every single <laughs> morsel of it. We had big wins at the top and the bottom of the Premiership, movement in the Championship. And of course, we have crowned our champions of League One. A few receipts to bring up on that one as well. And we'll also be going through your shouts for if Scottish football was an airport. And by the way, I just want to say at this point, a big shout out to producer Chris, who makes the pictures and all the social media stuff for the big Scottish football podcast now. And when he put out the tweet for if Scottish football were an airport, I looked at it and I was like, I'm really confused. Why is it LAX? And then McLeish at the end. And then he put an A at the start and I was like, Alex, Alex McLeish. I was like, well done. Well done. Well done. Honestly, I was like, take a bow. That is tremendous. Well done. Make sure you subscribe to the Big Scottish Football Podcast as well. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you can also find us on Twitter. We're on at Big Football Scott and we're on Instagram and Facebook as well. Just search for the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Right. Plenty to get through. Where would you like to start, Ewan Cameron? Because it's all brutal for you. (laughs) So, can I start with a name drop? Of course you can. I was hanging out with Matt Goss. Oh, you're obsessed with Matt. Matt Goss and Marty Pello. They're, you, they're just pals. If you had to pick only one of them, who would oh. you choose? Marty Pello or Matt Goss? Could that be the meat in the sandwich? Oh, <laughs> what a horrendous, a horrendous thing to say. Can I be in the middle of them in no. a bed and they can both oh, snuggle into me? That's a horrendous image. What a horrendous image. Uh, he was he was in Glasgow with uh, Mike Goss. He was performing at the uh, Glasgow concert hall and I went to his gig. But beforehand, we went backstage and uh, had a couple of drinks. And then after the show, um, we sat on the sofa backstage and had a couple of beers and... Uh, had a roast beef roll. A roast beef roll? Interesting. That was part of his rider. He likes roast beef on a roll. Excellent. Good so for I had, him. had a roll and um, had a pleasant evening. And then the weekend hit us in the football. Yeah. And then what started off as yeah. a fantastic weekend ended really badly. Okay. Well, we'll start with... In fact, we'll do it in chronological order. We do that quite often. So uh-huh. we'll start on Friday night. Yeah. Ross County now, Aberdeen won. Six wins on the spin for Barry Robson what a job that man is doing Ross County did okay I thought though Team did okay they deserved to win Aberdeen got lucky well listen. Aberdeen they got battered They're defensively they were very good mm-hmm. but Ross County I have no idea how they didn't score on Friday night Aberdeen were hanging on with the skin of their teeth but they got the, the job done they won 1-0 that's 6 wins out of 6 fair play to them and, and, uh, and they're five points clear in third I was going to say at that stage on Friday night they were five points clear but obviously the Edinburgh Derby was the next fixture well, in let's, the Scottish let, let, let's get back to the Aberdeen result Duke again has scored another goal 16th league goal of the season Aberdeen fans enjoy him while it lasts because he'll be gone in the summer we'll get to the Graham Shinney incident when we do WTF VAR a little bit later Duke's on Duke's gone Aberdeen are hosting Rangers on Sunday at half past four that's their final game before the... You split. Now, Rangers' Michael Beale was not happy with lots of the performances on Saturday. Despite the five goals. Despite the five goals. But, you know, up until, what, 75th minute? Yeah. St. Murden were very much in it. 
Rangers won't be fancying that one on Sunday, I don't think. And Aberdeen will be fancying it. You know what an Aberdeen Rangers game's like. Yeah, Aberdeen normally just turn up for those games. And Aberdeen will fancy their chances because Rangers know the league is gone. Aberdeen have got a lot to play for. They know what's on the line when it comes to European football and finishing third. Again, I just want to reiterate, enjoy Duke while you can mm-hmm. because he is leaving. Rumours are circulating that both old firm teams are looking at him. Rangers in particular will be looking at him because they need a striker and Morelos won't be there. Cholak is not the answer to get them goals next year. So how annoying will it be for them when Duke arrives at Ibrox and holds up that blue and white scarf? It's going to be quite annoying for them, isn't it? We'll get to that in just a <laughs> second. But just very quickly, because I want to speak about Ross County as well. So their final game before the split is at Hearts. Tank Castle on Saturday. Two huge games. Aberdeen Obviously Rangers. with Dundee United winning. Yeah. That means Ross County dropped to the bottom of the league, 27 points. Yeah. Kilmarnock obviously got beat yesterday by Celtic, 28 points. And Dundee United on 10, in 10th, I should say, on 28 points. It's squeaky bottom time, isn't it? For all those teams down the bottom. Because it looks like they're all not in terrible form. No. I know Kilmar- Kilmarnock's home form is uh, decent, bar yesterday. But we're, 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 we've started off with Ross County and Aberdeen. And I do think that Ross County, as I've already said, were very unlucky not to get something out of the game. And if they can take that performance into the remaining games, they've got a chance of staying up. Okay, let's move on to Hibs versus Hearts on Saturday. Oh, but before do we, we do to? that, before we do that, I would like you to take you back, you and Cameron. Oh God! To the 18th of January, at 20 to nine at night. Do you remember what you were doing at that point? Do you remember that? Well, this year. This year, yeah. It was the 18th of January. It was 2040. So 20 to nine at night. 20 to 9 at night? Yep. In January? Yeah, 18th of January. I think no. it was... Let, let me double check. I think the 18th of January was during the week. 18th of January was... Yeah, it was a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday no, night. No idea. What did I tweet? Hearts, capital letters, for unknown reasons, running riot. We're easily the best of the rest. Over a 38-game season, we are far too good for everyone else. As Aberdeen... They're back in hibernation until they play Rangers on April the 22nd. Was that when we beat Aberdeen 4-0 at Tynecastle? That was, well, it was 4-0 at half-time. I think it ended ended up 5-0, did it not? Yeah. So so let's just just deconstruct this. (laughs) Knowing what we know now, okay? Hearts running right now, you're correct. At this point, Hearts were running riot. Yeah. We're 4-0 up against Aberdeen. And we're miles ahead of Aberdeen in the league. We are easily the best of the rest over a 38-game season. We're far too good for everyone else. Now... I'm just going to take a wee... I've got the league table in front of me just now. So if you're the best of the rest, that would surely mean you're in third place. So there's Rangers and... So it's Celtic in first place. Rangers in second place. And then I'm looking, and, and the Hearts don't seem to be in third place at the moment. They seem to be in fourth place, and they're five points behind Aberdeen, the team who who you were beating 4-0 there. So has there, uh, has there been some sort of malfunction there? I don't... Are you printed off the right leagues, Chris? Because... Um, it should say Hearts here, according to Ewan, because they're the best of the 38-game season, of course. Only a point ahead of St Myrna in fifth, and only two ahead of Hibs in sixth. In fact, only three ahead of Livingston. Your sarcasm is annoying me now. What happened Can you there just then? shut up? What happened there then, Ewan? So Robbie Nielsen got sacked last week with a minor disagreement Can I go back that. to January the 18th? You're quite happy to bring that up. Can I, can I have my say? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. January the 18th, we pumped Aberdeen at Tynecastle when they were under Jim Goodwin. Yep. And we were easily the best team 
out with the old firm. Past tense, I'm not as you're speaking there. At that time we were. Mm. And there was nothing to suggest that we were not going to be the best of the rest. And I still believe that we will be the best of the rest. You st- we, so, so we, you, we, you, can you, I just finish my point? You because, think Hearts oh. are going to finish third above Aberdeen? Even though you'll lose to Ross County this weekend and Aberdeen will beat Rangers and the gap will be eight points with five games to go. You're making a point. You're bringing up the past. Allow me to finish what I'm saying before you interrupt. Mm-hmm. I still believe that Hearts will finish third ahead of Aberdeen. And the reason I think that is because we have a better squad of players. And it's going to take a game or two for us to get into play the ideas of Stephen Naismith and what he's trying to achieve there. The players have been struggling in recent months. We can all see that. But I do believe we've got the better squad, the better players. And I think that when we play Ross County at Tynecastle, we will win. I think Rangers will get something against Aberdeen, whether it be a draw or whether it be a win. Aberdeen do not beat Rangers at Pataudry. That then means that Hearts have got it in their own hand to finish third because we would have Aberdeen in the split at Tynecastle. It's still in our own destiny. And I believe that we will ultimately finish third. Did I think it would go... This way in January? No. And nobody but nobody in the world of Scottish football would have disagreed with me that night. Aberdeen fans were thinking their season was already over under Jim Goodwin. They were already giving up on the season and want to get to the end of the season just to rebuild and start again. So they've got lucky that Hearts have taken a nosedive and they've six, taken ad- six wins in a row. They've is that taken advantage. Yeah, it is. They've taken advantage of that because they're a shambles. Six, sham- six like, defeats in a row for Hearts. I don't, I don't think Aberdeen are a good side, right? They're they're a shambles. They're, they just won six games in a row. They're a poor side. Overall, they're a poor side, but I think the league is pretty poor and they're coming up against some poor sides and Hearts have been right. awful in recent weeks. The league's fault, yeah. So Aberdeen have got lucky. So uh, wait if, now, if, if Aberdeen. They got lucky. If Aberdeen are a poor side. And they're five points ahead of Hearts. What does that make Hearts? I've just said we've not been great at all, but we're still a bit, a bit worse than Aberdeen by five points. Up to this point, where we're sitting in the league table, it's clear to see that we are worse off than Aberdeen. But I also believe that we are ultimately a better squad and a better team. And I do see the Aberdeen fans who are having a right good laugh at my expense and are throwing that tweet that you've just read out to me all over the place. I think there's something like 350,000 people have viewed that tweet and having a right good laugh. And they're ripping the piss out of me. It's quite funny though. But I'm going to tell you this. Dear Aberdeen fans, you will have probably noticed I've been very quiet over the weekend. I haven't replied to any of your tweets. And the reason that I haven't replied to any of your tweets is because I am keeping them. I have taken screen grabs of them because see when we come to finish third and you drop to fourth or fifth in the league, who's going to have the last laugh but me, yours truly? We'll be looking down at you and we'll put you back where you belong, which is out of the top three of Scottish Premiership football. You're not a great side and we're going to prove that. Come the split, we will beat you and we will get third place and we'll get that check for £3.5 million from UEFA, not including ticket sales and merchandise. We will get that money. So Aberdeen, enjoy your little moment in the sunshine. Have a right good laugh at my expense, but see, ultimately, me, you and Cameron, the Hearts fan, will have the last laugh. Aberdeen, enjoy it while you can. You've just had that moment. Remember that guy for come down with me? (laughs) 
when, when he's like, Jane, you have all the decorum of a reversing dump truck. That's that's Ewan Cameron's... Have you com- seen the stick I've been getting for the Aberdeen fans over the weekend? Yeah, it's been quite funny. Just, I want to pick you up on something, though. Um, you said that it's all about getting third place. Stephen Naismith doesn't seem to think so. He's not bothered about getting third place. He said that twice over the weekend. He's playing it down so as not to put the pressure on the players. And that's good management. So he's lying. He's playing it down to not put pressure on the players. Cool. The players, you see that game against Hibs? Uh-huh. We looked off it. We looked leggy. We looked nervous. You know what? And I'm, I'm going to be deadly. I'm, I've been winding you up, obviously, because that's what I do every single week. But in all seriousness, was there anything from Saturday to suggest that Stephen Naismith is going to get a better tune out of those players? Because I didn't see it. I still think that's the fallout from the Robbie Nielsen days. And I think another week under Stephen Naismith's belt ahead of Ross County will be great. I was hearing stories and I was speaking to a few people You've who, got were, sources, yeah. Yeah, who were working um, at Hearts and the players training last week in the build-up to the Hibs game were in good fettle. The line that was going round is a cloud has been lifted. So I fully expected Hearts to turn up at Easter Road. I don't know why we didn't. I think the nerves got the better of us. Bear in mind that Hibs hadn't won a Derby Easter Road since 2018. I thought we looked pretty and shaky. Hibs had to win. Hibs well, had, had to yeah, win. They had to win. I think All the pressure was on Hibs. The Edinburgh Derby, in hindsight, has come at the wrong time for Hearts after what was a tumultuous week for the club. Do you know what I mean, there was so much going on. There was so much negativity. There was so much talk around what was happening in and, in and around the training centre, on and off the field, that I think that that game came to soon after all that. I think what we will learn from that. I think we will be better for getting that game out of the way. And I think that Ross County are going to pay the price. We'll beat them. I think we'll beat them comfortably at Tynecastle. I think Aberdeen don't get anything against Rangers and it's back in our hands. And as I said, I will ultimately have the last laugh. From the Hibs perspective, as I mentioned, first time they've won at Easter Road in a derby since 2018. First Edinburgh derby win in 10 games. And that, the winning goal from Kevin Nisbet, was his 10th goal in 14 games. Obviously, he's had a lot of injury problems, particularly at the start of the season. The boy can finish. He's been in and out of the team. I think Hibs will be lucky to hold on to him in the summer because even though... He has been injured this season. He still, what, scored 10 goals in 14 games. That's a very, very, very good record. It's the hardest thing to do in football is put the ball in the back of the net and he does it brilliantly. And I think the Hibs win the game comfortably if Nisbet gets the chances Johan had. Johan had two great chances to put Hibs in front in the first half. Clark makes a decent save on each occasion. But I think if it's Nisbet in that position, he scores. And I think Hibs win the game even more comfortably. Okay, so that was a lunchtime kickoff on Saturday. Uh, it wasn't on TV, no. obviously, and uh, I believe that is down to the fact that Sky only have one game left at Easter Road and they'll be wanting to save that for after the split. So that's why it wasn't on TV. And that's an SBFL issue, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's... But let's not, let's not no. get okay. bogged down in that. No. No. Uh, Hibs, by the way, uh, go to St. Johnston on Saturday. We'll get to St. Johnston in just a wee second. So if they win, that is them confirmed in the top six, obviously. If they lose or draw and Livingston win, then that means they drop out and uh, St. Mirren would be safe 
in the top six as well. Let's uh, let's we'll save uh, St. Johnson to the end because we'll talk about uh, Callum Davidson, obviously. So let's spin through the other scores very quickly. Uh, Rangers five, St. Mirren two. A couple of talking points in terms of VR that we'll get to in just a wee second. But I think even from a Rangers fan's point of view, the goal of the game, Mark O'Hara's first goal, I think is the goal of the season. It's an absolutely wonderful goal. It's not the goal of the season. Because you're going to say Humphreys from... Halfway inside. line. But in terms of technique... Technique. Skill. Skill. Absolutely phenomenal. And Alan McGregor's rooted and it flies into the corner There's of the net. nothing he could have done about it's, it. But, and know, by he, the way, his second goal was great. I was just going to say, Aye. the finish for the second goal was really good as well. I also <laughs> thought the Rangers scored a couple of really good team goals. The yeah. passing and movement and Cantwell's at the heart of everything that's good about Rangers just now. Yeah, Cantwell looks to be yeah. coming on to form a wee bit, doesn't he? He's a good player and I think the goal that he scored that hit the underside of the crossbar was a really good team goal. Good play from Sakala out to Tavernier. His cross comes in. Good goal, good finish. Him and Tillman worked really well together. Tom at Cantwell. But having said that, although Rangers scored a couple of really good goals, I thought they looked quite pedestrian and they struggled a wee bit and I thought that St Mirren played really well up until the 75th minute. It was 2-2. And I thought that Simmerin were going to get something out of that game, but I just think they put so much effort in the game that Rangers just picked them off towards the end to win it 5-2. And I think the scoreline flatters Rangers. It's, again, we've spoken about this on the podcast a few times, it's kind of depressing when, even though Rangers had significant injury problems on Saturday, they can still bring on players and they can still change things up. Yeah. And they end up winning 5-2 against St Mirren, who played really well for most of that match and just ran out of steam a wee yeah. bit. And then obviously, you know, Celtic yesterday, 4-0 <sighs> after 27 minutes. And you're like, well, what's the, what's the point? Do you, I actually turned off when they scored their fourth. Yeah, there's just it's no point. It's just, just boring. Kilmarnock won the last hour, though, technically. <laughs> they won 1-0 and if you, if you isolated the last hour. so not oh, many. Forget the four goals. <laughs> that's, that's what Denny McKinnis was saying yeah. in his team meeting today. We won 1-0 after 60 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So, yeah, finished 4-1 to Celtic yesterday. Uh, as routine as they come. Yeah, the, the league's, they're going to win the league by more than the, the nine points yeah, that they're in they front are. just now. And Celtic finish off before the split at home to Motherwell on Saturday let's get to the Motherwell game Dundee United huge win coming from behind we'll get to the penalty stuff in VRWTF because some of this is absolutely wild so Kevin Van Veen is he going to be a Motherwell player in the summer 20 odd goals this season very good 8 goal in his last 5 games I was on the Hearts forum Jambos kickback and loads of Hearts fans want Van Veen at Tynecastle there will be a few clubs looking at Van Veen because he's had an outstanding season. He actually scored a second, but was ruled out for offside, which was the correct decision. But his movement and his eye for goal is excellent. And it's because of him that Motherwell find themselves in a, a decent position and, yeah. and not um, in the relegation zone. So thanks to him. But it wasn't good enough because Dundee United scored a couple of goals in the last 30 minutes. Yeah, they did. And it was a big, big turnaround. A big travelling support as well. Big United following at Fur Park on Saturday. I think there was just shy of 2,000 in the away stand as well. And that win propels them off the bottom of the table. And that is two wins on the spin. So two questions I've got for you. Dundee United, are they going to survive? Well, I've said all season that they will. I mean, I've stuck by my guns. Even when they were at the bottom of the table, I always thought that Dundee United would eventually come good and would stay up because I think on paper they've got a really good squad. And I thought that Dundee United were lucky. 
because Motherwell, when they were 1-0 up, should have buried Dundee United. They should have been out of sight and they missed a couple of really good chances. Dundee United were really not in the game until they scored that equalising goal in the 63rd minute. Second question, if Jim Goodwin says what you think he's going to do, i.e. keep Dundee United up, does that mean he gets the job full-time? Because he's <laughs> only in place till the end of the season. It would be hard not to give him the job if he's, if he's worked a miracle there and gets them safe. And I think they will be safe. I really do. I mean, I, I've always believed that. I don't even think they'll be in the playoffs for relegation. I think they will be clear of 11th and 12th, and I think they'll be fine. I think that win against Motherwell was huge, absolutely massive, and I think that's the game that's turned around their season, and I think they'll go on and they'll continue to win against the teams around them, and they'll be clear and fine. Dundee United are away to Livingston on Saturday. Apologies, no, they're not. Dundee United are home oh, they're to, that. Uh, to Livingston on Saturday. Now, it's a big game for Livingston. They need to win to keep their top six hopes alive. They need three points because they're Goal difference is far inferior to both St Mirren and Hibs. Not that it would matter because St Mirren they're not being Dundee United at Tannadice. So they did win on Saturday, though. You didn't expect them to win on Saturday. I didn't against St Johnston. So they won 2 0. Joe Newbley, great goal. Yeah. And then obviously a great free kick. Yeah. I, I think that Livingston, right who were, were poor up until the game against St Johnston, which is why I didn't fancy them, but fair play to them, they've kept themselves in the hunt for a top six place, but they're going to a really difficult venue, which is Tannadice and Dundee United. That place will be bouncing because Dundee United now sit in 10th. They've got confidence. They'll have the fans behind them. Livingston are not making the top six, unfortunately. It's because of previous results in recent weeks. That brings us on to St Johnston then. And it was a final game in charge for Callum Davidson. He mutually parted ways yesterday. That's a crazy decision. Initial reaction? That's a crazy decision. So late in the season. I mean, I don't think they're going to get dragged into any relegation issues. I really don't. I mean, I could be proved wrong with that because they haven't been playing well. They were awful they're against... They're only four points ahead of Dundee United and Kilmarnock. Well, they're looking... Wait. Well, it's Kilmarnock because I think Dundee United are going to be fine. So you're looking at Kilmarnock and Ross County. Yeah, they're only four and five points yeah. ahead of them and they've all got to play each other. Yeah. Listen, did he have enough cred in the bank for what he's done in the past? That's the argument. But I think that the, the board have looked at it and they're really scared and they're worried about the way they're playing. Their form isn't good. Their performances aren't good. They've done a Robbie Nielsen here. They're, they're trying to get some sort of reaction from the players by getting rid of Callum Davison. Now we'll find out if that happens or not and whether or not it was the right decision and only time will tell. But I thought it was a poor decision so late in the season because of where they are in the league. Hello to St Johnston 1885 on Twitter. I'm going to steal some of your stats because he put some Calm Davidson stats on. So uh-huh. since the Cup wins, obviously, they've already lost 18 Premiership matches this season, which is only one fewer than they lost last season. And obviously they were in the playoffs. Yeah. Overall, St Johnston are on course to concede goals at their worst rate since they were relegated from the First Division in 1984-1985. Since the 2021 summer transfer window, only three clean sheets have been recorded in 36 away games and they've conceded 66 goals oh there hasn't been a home win since November oh or a clean sheet since October oh Calm Davidson also oversaw winless runs of 10 games 7 games 12 games 7 games and they're currently on a 6 game winless run in terms of cup football since losing to Celtic in the League Cup semi-final last season, they've lost to Kelty Hearts, Annan and Queen of the South in cup competitions and have failed to progress past the first round in three attempts. Right, well, that was the right choice. 
they made they made the correct decision. I'm going to forget everything that I said. <laughs> I think they made the right decision based no. on those stats. Why did you not read those stats out before I made a fool of myself? Now, what I would say is your initial reaction was the same reaction that James McFadden gave, that all the pundits gave on Sports Scene last night as well. But actually, all the St Johnston fans, they obviously love Callum Davidson for what he's done for St Johnston. Firstly, as a player, and secondly, what he's achieved as a manager at St Johnston will never be equaled by a provincial no, club, ever, no, ever, ever. No, no. And I think he will always be a legend in their eyes. But every single St Johnston fan is saying yeah. it's the right decision. It probably should have been done a few months ago. It's been rotten for a long, yeah. long time. So there, there, there might be external factors for that as well. But the, but I, know, like, I know there's been chat with takeovers yeah. at St. Johnston as well, so that is obviously unsettling. But every single St. Johnston fan is saying, listen, it's really sad that it's ended this way, but it had to come to an end. It's been terrible for a very long time. And some of those stats that I've just read out, I'm not a St. Johnson fan. I don't watch them every single week. So I'm willing to side with them and go. But you weren't willing to side with the Hearts fans last week. Yeah, because Hearts are. Shut up. Hearts were, you can't have, uh, you uh, can't have uh, your cake and eat it too. At that point, Hearts. hearts no, no, no. You, you've just basically. Hearts, for, hearts, wait, 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 hearts can no, still finish no, third. No, no, wait, wait a second. Well, they can still be safe. I know. They can still be safe. So it's the same argument. Replace what you said about Callum Davidson and put the name Robbie Nielsen in there and talk about the Hearts fans the way you spoke about the St. Johnson fan. Everything you said with the St. Johnson fans, the Hearts fans said the same thing about Robbie Nielsen at Hearts. I'll tell you exactly, exactly what the difference is. No, there isn't. The difference is you don't support St. Johnson. (laughs) 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 But see see the stats there, you can't argue with that. Absolutely. And you know what? I did see a lot of people, particularly James McFadden was getting a lot of heat as well, and it yes. was like, oh, there he is, sticking up for his pal. That's sort of get that. If you're pals with someone, you're, you're, you're going to stick up for them a wee bit. But when you read those stats, when you actually drill down into it, yeah. Callum Davidson probably should have been binned yeah. a wee while ago. I think it's the right decision. It's sad because, you know, even as a person who's not a St. Johnston fan, mm-hmm. I admire what Callum Davidson did it's in Johnston winning the double and all the rest of it. I mean, that that's an absolutely unbelievable achievement. But it's clear, if you're a St. Johnston fan, you've been calling for this for months now. I was at St. James Quarter a few months ago in, in Edinburgh, Edinburgh, the day that St. Johnston played Hibs at Easter Road, and I went into Scottish Marketplace, which is a restaurant, and Callum Davidson was sat there eating ice cream. Mm-hmm. He's a good golfer, Callum Davidson. He is a good golfer. A lot more time to play golf. I didn't now. say hello to him, but I did notice he was eating ice cream. No. It was about half six at night. He's allowed to eat ice cream. <laughs> he's, a, he's a grown man, so he can eat ice cream if he likes. So, <laughs> there you are. It looked like he was eating Scottish tablet ice cream. Very good. I've, I know exactly the place you're talking about, by the way. It does very, very good ice cream. So yes. anyway, Callum Davidson, no longer St. Johnston manager. Stephen McLean is an interim charge. We'll see what happens between now and the end of the season with regards that. And there's also rumours that an American consortium are on the verge of buying St. Johnson as well. So we'll see what happens. Right, let's drop down into the championship. It was another dramatic weekend. Friday night it started off. Queen's Park finally back to winning ways. And that means they are right back in the title race. They beat Hamilton by a goal to nil. They're a point behind Dundee. And that point was a well-earned point for Dundee. It was 3-3 at Dens Park on Saturday. And it was, what, a 93rd-minute equaliser. And they also came from 3-1 down as well. Now, 
we always point to things and I'll get to this when I get to talking about how Dunfermline have won League 1 in a wee second there are wee turning points in seasons matches goals draws scraping wins and stuff like that that is the hallmark of champions do you think that is a hallmark of a championship winning side in Dundee I watched a celebration when they scored the third goal they celebrated like they knew that was a huge goal and a huge moment in their season. I mean, it's like they'd won the league. I mean, they were jumping around and all over the manager, the coaching staff and everything. The fans were going berserk. That was a huge result for them. It got a point clear of Queen's Park at the top of the table. I think that Dundee's, I've always said, will ultimately win the league. But I think that result was pivotal. Mm-hmm. Getting that point was pivotal. Especially at home when you're 3-1 down So they're a point in front of Queen's Park at the moment Queen's Park are away to Air United on Friday night So that is a huge one, that's the telly game And then on Saturday, Dundee are away to Inverness Inverness are in great form just now in brilliant form So two tricky games for the league leaders this weekend Elsewhere, in terms of Morton We always like to talk about Morton on this podcast Because one person messaged Ewan Cameron on Twitter To moan that we don't speak about Morton enough So we always dedicate a little, bar to the, yeah. little part of the the show his, Two name, his name's Ewan as well Ewan okay that's fine must be something in the name and um, Morton bizarrely at one point when they were winning on Saturday the top six teams in the championship still had a chance of winning it yeah I know <laughs> which is know. which is ludicrous like a win would have put Morton onto 50 points yeah. and Dundee would have been on 57 so it would have been unlikely but Arithmetically, they still could have won the league in their in sixth place. I mean, now I mean, they Morton, obviously can't. I mean, I mean, Morton are still in with the shout of finishing in the playoff position. Three points behind Inverness and Ayr. That's why these games this weekend are huge. Morton are at home to Wraith Rovers on Saturday. Are Ayr at home against yes. Queen's Park this week? Yes. yes you'd fancy Ayr, wouldn't you? Because they know it's last chance saloon for them. Partick Thistle, who drew with Ayr on Saturday, won one. They are taking on Hamilton at Hamilton on Saturday now. Hamilton who are fighting for their lives. They are, and they're four points behind our both Hamilton Cove. Look pretty doomed. Are Partick at home, did you say? Partick are away to Hamilton. Oh, and that plastic pitch. Yeah, exactly. So it is a tough one on Saturday. As you mentioned, Inverness winning 2-1 at Cove on Saturday, coming from a goal behind it as well. They take on Dundee, and then obviously the following week for Inverness, they've got their big match against Falkirk at Hamden in the Scottish Cup semi-final, and they couldn't be going into that in any better form, really. They're on fire at the moment. Huge game, that, for Inverness, and also for Dundee. That's an intriguing game. For me, that's like the game of the weekend. Yeah. There's so much riding on it. Wraith Rovers won, Arbroath won, rounds it off. Arbroath should be fine, I think. Yeah, they'll be fine. They're on 33 points. Four, a point, uh, four ahead of Hamilton, I should say. Yeah. And they are, what, six ahead of Cove. So Cove are nearly done, to be perfectly honest with you. They're nearly out of it. Nearly out of it altogether. So uh, on yeah, I th- Saturday... I think our broth... It's our broth Cove on Saturday, yeah. so that could end it. Uh, our broth, for me, I've, I've, put, I've strung together a couple of really good results when it was needed, and they're going to be fine. Let's drop down into League One, and we have our first champions... In the SPFL of this season And it's Dunfermline And what a win to round it off 5-0 winners against Queen of the South Against an informed Queen of the South team as well And that means Dunfermline are miles clear at the top And producer Chris has even put a little trophy Next to Dunfermline's name at the top of the League 1 Just so I remember that we've won the League Listen, congratulations to Dunfermline on winning the League One title and they've done it by losing just the one game as well 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an outstanding performance throughout the course of the season. Currently on a 21-game unbeaten run. Which is which is great, but you're you're not great to watch. I said this to you on Saturday during the big start of the football show. See when you're not playing well and you get results, the fans don't mind. But see when you start to lose a couple of games and you're not playing well, it then comes back to bite you in the backside pretty hard. So well, my, my advice as to... As far as I'm concerned, we can lose all the rest of the games from I'm, now I'm, I'm, the I'm the talking season. about when you get into the championship now. The championship yeah. will be a different kettle of fish. You've played defensive football. You've struck on the counter-attack. Just, be, just beat Queen of the South 5 now. I'm just saying... Queen of the South the won, course, who, I'm not who, talking who, about one-off games. What who, you're talking about? Who'd won their I'm, I'm previous four or five games. I'm talking about as the season has played out, yeah. you've not been the best to watch and Dunfermline fans will be the first to admit that. So what I'm saying is, now you're going to the Championship, better standard of football, Mm-hmm. I think you've got a chance, a chance of getting in the top four and getting into a playoff position, but you've got to play better to do that. I'm going to throw a couple of stats at you, and it's from the That's Never 10 Yards podcast, which is a Dunfermline podcast. So if Dunfermline hadn't scored a goal this season, we would still be eighth in the table. <laughs> Because our clean sheet record is so good, <laughs> which I think it's a brilliant stat, which is ludicrous. It's it like, really is. So you wouldn't even be relegated for not scoring a goal if Dunfermline <laughs> only were allowed points from the last twenty-one games, because that's the unbeaten run we're on. Uh-huh. We would be fifth in the table. <laughs> so, like, we'd still have more points than Queen of the South. It's crazy. So it's like Dunfermline have just been. Absolute monsters this season in, in terms of consistency. Yeah. And I mentioned this with Dundee coming by to draw 3 3. There's a couple of pivotal games. Obviously, the one against Falkirk at East End Park last month as well. That was huge. Such a big, big win. 2 0 at finish there. But before that as well, Airdrie 3 0 down. That was the game. Against Airdrie and Dunfermline come back and win 4 3. That was it. That was a pivotal game in the season. Because it, see if to, you hadn't won fair, that, that were, was, was it down to two points or something? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Before you played Falkirk, it was going to be down to two points and you came back to win at 4 3. That was a turnaround. A bit like Dundee United getting that win against Motherwell. I think it's a turnaround. But there's also been other games, particularly East End this season. Uh, we've been a couple of goals down to Peterhead, got back and got a draw. Same with Clyde, bizarrely enough. The two teams at the bottom of the table and uh, we've managed to grind out draws grind out wins late goals against Montrose and stuff as well so uh, Dunfermline crown champions well deserved and yeah we'll see what happens next season and you know obviously it's great that we've won the league but part of me is a wee bit like yeah it's great we've won the league that is brilliant and by the way well done to James McPake and Dave Dave Mackay because the mess that Dunfermline were in this time last year was unholy it was an absolute shambles <laughs> and they've managed to turn that around very, very quickly. I would much rather be sitting here us winning the championship though. Yeah. Winning League One is something that I expect. Winning the championship is something that I want. So we'll see what happens next season and uh, who's in the league next season, who knows. Uh, so anyway, Dunfermline champions of League One and back in the championship next season. Falkirk 2, Airdrie 2 on Saturday. Late equaliser for Falkirk and the draw means that Airdrie stay five points behind. So Falkirk only really need to beat Edinburgh City. They're playing them tomorrow night and I think that if they do that, they're pretty much guaranteed in second place. And yeah. then obviously, they've got the big game a week on Saturday against Inverness as well. Elsewhere, it was Clyde 2, FC Edinburgh won so that means pretty much Peterhead are knackered they're five points behind with three games to go 
So I, I think it's pretty much done. In fact, they play on Saturday. So it's last chance saloon. Peter Head play Clyde on Saturday. Peter Head lost 2-1 to Montrose. And uh, Kelty Hearts, all change at Kelty Hearts. Michael Tidster is going to be the new manager uh, next season. John Potter and Andy Barrowman the, and the backroom team departing uh, for where I wonder but um, I think they're looking at places in Kirkcaldy so uh, Kelty Hearts <laughs> nil Aloha won it was Connor Salmon with his winner in the 93rd minute and they're only two points behind Airdrie in third now actually uh, finally in League 2 at the weekend it finished Stenishmuir nil Stirling Albion won talking of great celebrations it was a 94th minute winner and it was an absolute riot at Oakleview and that means that Stirling Albion are still on course to win that league they are nine points clear with four games to go but they still have to play Dumbarton so it's not quite the sealed deal yet Dumbarton actually arrested a run of poor form on Saturday by going to Bonnyrigg and winning 2-0 so we'll see what happens when they play each other they've been trying to play each other I think about 45 million times now in fact they're playing tomorrow night are they? (laughs) Well, we'll see what happens because I think one of the either Rangers or Celtic B teams is playing at Dumbarton and it's wrecked the pitch. So um, <laughs> uh, that's what they're using as an excuse anyway. So a big, big game tomorrow night. Basically, if Stirling Albion win tomorrow night, they have won the league pretty much. So um, we'll see what happens with that one. Elsewhere, uh, and in four, Albion Rovers nil. So Albion Rovers dropping back to the bottom of the table there. Elgin City, obviously they sacked Gavin Price, as we were talking about last week on the show. And uh, they got a reaction. They, they got bounced. They did. They won 2-0 against Forfar. And Forfar are battling with East Fife for that final playoff place, pretty much. Stennis Muir still in my wee shout as well. Forfar are fifth on 45 points. East Fife are fourth, uh, easy for me to say, on 47 points. And East Fife won 8-0 on Saturday. What a result. No, a brilliant result. And as we discussed in the big Saturday football show, we'll try to think of other results that were bigger than that. Hearts beating Cowden Beath in the championship. 10-0. 10-0 it was. And then... Then Hamilton beat Morton 10-2 Correct. Uh, in the championship. Uh, a few All happened happen within the last 10 years. Yes, exactly, within the last 10 years. And as a result, Srinrar have sacked their manager. Jamie Hamill is now looking for a new job. Right, let's move on to this, shall we? La gente está muy loca. What the okay, let's spin through this. So, Friday night... Miofsky, goal ruled out for offside, confirmed by VAR. There were fans running on the pitch and everything like that. It was offside, though. It was offside. Yes. Graham Shinney, red card for a sliding tackle on Jack Baldwin, initially not given, changed a straight red card. Most of the commentators and pundits have said, didn't see enough for a red card. (laughs) What do you think? It's a red card. You know, I saw it's, a lot. It's I, a red card. I didn't actually see the game live on Friday night. I was out, but then I saw lots of people talking about it on social media and just saying it was a disgrace. Then I watched it and I was like, "That's a red card. It's just a red card." Fifteen years ago, probably not. No, but now that's a red card. You hear every co-commentator in every league say, "Yes, he got the ball." But it's a follow-through and it's high. Yeah. That's a red card. It's a red card, So yes. why they're arguing and greeting and moaning about it is beyond me. It's a red card. They can Have they appealed it? Do we know if they've appealed it or not? I don't know. I mean, don't they'd know. be stupid to appeal it Here, because it's going to get knocked back. Here's quite a good stat for you. 
Graham Shinney had never had a red card before and now he's had two and three games. <laughs> yes. He'll be a miss for them. Yeah, he definitely will miss the game uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Right. Livingston versus St Johnston. So VR check for the Livy goal by Bradley. Confirmed his offside by VR. Kevin Clancy was the VR referee at that game on Saturday. And he was right to rule that out for offside. He absolutely was. Right, Motherwell, Dundee United. So, Kevin Van Veen's first goal. The SFA have actually contacted the BBC to say the wrong image was shown on screen during sports scene and incorrectly shown as onside. It was offside. But I think what they're getting at is that the... the Offside player wasn't interfering with play. What I think they're getting at is that sports scene had paused it at the wrong junction. Right, okay. I think they've got that right. Elsewhere in that match, the penalties. Now, this is fascinating. Stephen Fletcher got brought down, gave a penalty, confirmed by VAR, and obviously they scored. I watched it, I was like, that's a penalty. 2-1 up. Later on in the game. Not that long after, actually. (laughs) Stephen Fletcher, it's it's virtually a carbon copy of what happens. I would actually go further and say that the second one is worse than the first. But yet, he gets booked for diving. diving. I mean, it's just not. It's a ridiculous decision, and VAR... VAR checked it VAR and checked then and agreed to, with the referee Backed with the referee, yeah I thought that the two hands yeah. Of the Motherwell goalkeeper Scoops away Stephen Fletcher's legs I mean, that is more of a penalty than the first one They're both penalties Yeah But what are they looking at? Is it because of the way the goalkeeper reacted? Or Let me put this to you Does the referee think he might have made a mistake with the first one And he tries to make amends with the second one? I don't think he did but I'm, I'm try, <laughs> but I'm trying to figure out Why you wouldn't give that as a penalty I, I thought and why they were both penalties Oh no they are Yeah But I'm just thinking from the referee's perspective In his head That second one was a shocking decision And what makes it even worse Let's assume for a second That Stephen Fletcher gets a yellow card for that And it's not a penalty And then from that free kick The goalkeeper hoofs up the part There's a flick on And Van Veen scores an equaliser And that equaliser Relegates Dundee United do you know what I mean? That's how big a call that was. That's a penalty. You've got VAR there for that reason. And here's what I don't understand. VAR look at that and they agree with the referee. VAR should be going, that's a clear and obvious error. There's contact there. That's a penalty. I want you to go and have a look at that. Yeah. He should have at least given the referee a second look by saying, I think you made a clear and obvious error there. I completely agree. Let's move on to the Rangers and Mirren game. So there was a check for the penalty that um, Trevor Carson saved against James Tavernier. Oh, is that the challenge on Raskin? Yes. No, 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 no. It was the. So they checked the penalty save. Oh, the penalty save, yeah. The Raskin, it was a penalty, no doubt about it. The yeah, goal it was, challenge. Yeah. But then they waited because they thought either the goalkeeper might have been off his line or there was encroachment. Now, yes. There was encroachment, but the Simon player, crucially, did not touch the ball. If he touched it with his head, they'd been retaken because he got there ahead of the Rangers defenders. And Trevor Carson was on the line yes. when the ball was struck as well. Um, there was a check for offside for the Cantwell opening goal as well, confirmed onside by VR. And of Just. course, uh, Morella's second goal, initially given as offside, overruled to a goal for VR. So um, that was the correct decision as well. Both were good decisions there. Here's one for you. Do you know before O'Hara scores his second goal, there's a challenge. There's two challenges, There's two actually. challenges in there, which I thought were penalties, and it would have been really interesting if O'Hara doesn't score that second goal. Particularly the second one, John Souter comes... Flying. Absolutely flying over somebody, knocks him down, and then the ball breaks to O'Hara and hits it in, so it doesn't matter. It, but... re- it reminded me of the challenge on Jota when Arsenal played Liverpool at Anfield. 
Holding goes through the back yeah. of Jota and the referee instantly gives a penalty. But what I found really interesting, there's still a good few seconds before O'Hara scores that goal. The referee was not given a penalty for that challenge from John Suter. Yeah. He didn't blow his whistle. He didn't point to the spot. So I'd love to have seen what would have happened had O'Hara's shot not gone on the back of the net. So good week, bad week for VAR in Scottish football. Generally speaking, really good, but it would have been very interesting to see what would have happened in that Rangers game had O'Hara's goal not gone in. Okay, okay. The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Right, anyway, does anyone know what that tune is, by the way? It's a good tune, I like it. It's a really good tune. Can you find out what it is? Can you also find out? Now, in fact, what are we on? Episode 38, did I say? Yeah. Episode 38. Right, when we get to 40, I want to find out how many downloads and listens we've had once we get to episode 40. Okay. Aye, 40 anniversary. Because it, it was a ludicrous amount. And I can't remember the last time we asked. It was probably 250,000? I think it was more than that, was it not? I don't know. Yeah. So let's. Um, 40th anniversary edition of the Scottish Football Podcast. We'd like some numbers on how many people have listened. Yes, we'd like that. So in two episodes' time. Two episodes' time. So when's we'll that? We'll get some fireworks and fanfares and shit like that. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to be in London for that episode as well. I'm in London as well. I'm down the day before. So. So what are we doing? Well, I'll just be in London and you'll be here. Can you do it from London? Hi. Well, technology. Da- eh? Technology. This song is called Play School by Sid Dale, according to Shazam. So there you are. There you go. There you are. Great We've, bit, well, well done. And uh, do, the, do the number crunching for the next couple of weeks. Anyway, we've been taking your shouts on if Scottish football was an airport. Big thanks to all of you for getting in touch with your suggestions over on Twitter at Big Football Scott. If you haven't followed us already, you can do so. Let's go through some of the best ones. Let's go to Brian Stalker first, who says Dean Windass seat. Windass seat. Oh, Windass seat. Yep, there we are. Robbie Devlin says Shipple Hartley. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's quite good I like that one Well done Robbie uh, CB936 Jordan Departure Jordan Remember the guy Who was the Millwall goalkeeper who got, I think he got one cap For Scotland And I happened to see it Because I went to see Scotland play Peru and Peru and it was oh the, yes Alex McLeish it was when everyone pulled out yes. and it was just like ah, you do right? <laughs> I, I was half expecting to get a game and did, then, you, did you eat haggis yes I've eaten haggis <laughs> right, you'll play yeah exactly Jordan Archer started in goals uh, Jordan Departure Departure yeah not bad uh, Ross Cole says Diddy Agatwick <laughs> that's quite good Colin Mackay says France and Disco International <laughs> um, Alan Till has uh, obviously got no life because he's sent in hundreds of these. Uh, Air Lingus Gun. Air Lingus Gun. Air Lingus Ling- Ling- Gun, yeah. 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 Uh, Ryan Airdrie. Ryan Airdrie. Ryan Airdrie. Ryan Airdrie. Who's that? that? I don't know that player. Airdrie. Oh, the club. <laughs> the club, yes. The well, place. you said Ryan, that's her name. Ryan Air. Oh, the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Uh, okay. Istanbul El Moshni. It's like what? Istanbul El Moshni. Remember? Instal. Inst- Istanbul yeah. Airport. But you said Istanbul Oshni. Istanbul El no- Moshni. No. Oh, the former Rangers player. Yep. Tui Molt. <laughs> Tui, 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 Tui. Oh, the, yeah. the, the holiday place. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Tui Molt. Yeah. Uh, Liam Luggage Scales. Not bad. Alfie Bavage Handler. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. 
Craig Levy. <laughs> Wait a minute. <clears throat> Craig leaving on a jet plane. Don't know when I'll be back again. <laughs> okay. Who is that from? That's from Alan Till, the man with no life. Let's go for George Burns, who says, baggage claiming brophy. Baggage claiming. Hold on, let me try and work this one out. Baggage. What do you mean? Well, that's, one of, that's one of the easiest ones. Baggage claiming. Brophy. <laughs> claiming. Eamon Brophy. Oh, Eamon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm rubbish at these. <laughs> <laughs> Morris Malpass Sport Control. Some <laughs> George Buns as well. Uh, Kenny Burgess says uh, London Stan Schwed. Marin Schwed. Played with Celtic. Stansted. No. Nah. Cumbernauld Firm Airport. Old Firm. Cumbernauld Firm. Yeah. I've been to Cumbernauld Airport. There was a there was a guy when I was working at Real Radio at the time. Wait a minute. What? This oh. is the real football phone with you and Cameron and Alan Ruff. Call now on 0845 100 2101. Meet, 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 meet. On you go, sorry. So I was in, he phoned up the football phone in and um, he invited us to um, have a shot in his two-man joint. What? What, what football phone in? The real radio football phone in. This oh, is God. the real football phone in with Ewan Cameron and Alan Ruff. <laughs> Call now on 0845 100 2101. There was a guy who offered to take me up in his glider. Two-man glider, which takes off from Cumbernauld Airport. You get little gliders and weekend of like planes that take off and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I actually turned up at Cumbernauld Airport to get in this two-man. Is that a glider he's sitting at? It's got like three wheels on it and and, and wings. Something like that, yeah. And then he was at the I front. Wouldn't fancy that. And then you get behind them. I didn't. <laughs> when, when, when I turned up, right, I think this will be quite fun. And I turned up, I thought there is no chance in <laughs> hell am I getting on this thing and. It looked like a bag of shite. <laughs> I thought I'm going to die, and on the M74 or something. <laughs> so um, I was. So I turned you up. You and Cameron on air crash investigation. Yes. Well, I knew something was wrong with the plane. It looked like a bag of shite. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I watched him take off and then land, and then I went home. <laughs> I just didn't get on it. It was, but I just looked really scary. See, come on, old air- airport though. I, is it like? It's not bad. Is it bigger than like Dundee Airport? Or smaller than Dundee Airport? Oh, smaller than Dundee Airport. Yeah. You can only get the wee planes taken off on a, like a two-man All right, so, plane. It's like, so like if you had a private plane. A private plane, yeah. It, it's a, quite a small runway as well. But you get a lot of gliders taken off from there. Um, helicopters. Crash landing on them 74. Yes, the M80. if you miss it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Land on a golf course nearby. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, Sam Miller says, Press Nick Datovich. Press Nick what? Dasovich. Who's Dasovich? Nick Dasovich. Used to play with St. Johnson. Nah, no, no idea. He's nah, Canadian. Nah. Uh, Mark Walls says uh, Neil McCancun International. Cancun International? Yep. Neil McCann? Yep. Cancun? Yep. Very good. Okay. Uh, Shite Sports Opinion says uh, Keith Rowe Lasley. Keith Rowe Lasley. Rowe? Key, Keith Rowe. Heath Rowe. Oh, Heath Rowe. Yep. Heathrow. I thought you were talking about Roy seats on a plane. I did think that when I first read it as well, but then I said it out loud and it made more sense. Uh, David Turnbull. <laughs> David Turnbullion. <laughs> David Turnbulance. Turnbullance. <laughs> a very, very difficult one to say there. David Turbulence. Yeah. Uh, Martin Foley says, Judy Friedman. 
Duty Friedman. Oh, Dougie Friedman. Dougie Friedman. Yeah. Uh, Simon McQueenie says Douglas Sky Park. Douglas Sky Park? Yeah, Douglas Park. He does buses. He does, but Douglas Sky Park would be somewhere you would maybe park your car before so you go there. So Douglas Park is connected because he has buses that he then gives to Rangers and Celtic players to travel around in. No, he was the Rangers chairman. But he's not anymore, so he's not involved. I mean, come on. What? When was the last time Dougie Friedman was involved in Scottish <laughs> football? Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Gary Tarmac Allister. Tarmac on the runway. This needs to end. Uh, Michael Montagnani says, uh, Dukey Free. <laughs> Dukey Free. Uh, Jason Dare Traffic Control. <laughs> Stephen Glassport Control. Yeah. And John Fleckendesk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephen Hill says, Nothing to declare Emsley. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Malone says, Q Keevans. Q. Off for an airport. Yeah. Uh, and Ricky Spence says, Air Traffic Control. As in Air United. Air, Air United. And Diego Laxalt, but LAX. Diego uh-huh. Laxalt. Laxalt. The as winner a... for me is the Craig Levine one. Craig Levine. Okay. Oh, we got another one as well. Oh, I've missed this one from Matondo. Uh, Trolley Menga. Trolley Menga? Yep, Trolley Menga. Dolly Menga. Yeah. Dolly Menga, yeah. Dolly Menga. Yeah. Dolly Trolley Menga. Yeah. Okay. You get that. Traffic. Craig Levine wins for me. Craig Levine Craig Levine won one for me Uh, well done Alan Till you might not have a life but you have won this week thank (laughs) you again for all your tweets for next week there's been lots of chat in the news this week about the Scottish ferries and lack of so please give me your best suggestions for if Scottish football was an island an island? yes an island I think you do like something to do with a boat no we're going for island island so for example you could have Sky Van Sproul uh-huh. Sky Yeah yeah Van Sproul uh-huh. uh, Christoph Barra <laughs> <laughs> And of course Aaron Ramsey yes. Easy yes. Okay Happy with that? <laughs> yes That's going to be interesting yes. Excellent Okay so get them in At Big Football Scott If you want to get involved in that Thank you for all your suggestions As always And of course you can Subscribe and give us five stars We like that Yeah please give us five stars That'd be nice Yeah that would be good as well actually Any other business? Um, I've got to go and be the meat in the sandwich Of Marty Perlo and uh, Matt Goss Okay fine we'll move on then Right This has been the Big Scottish Football Podcast I'm Stephen Mill He's the meat in the sandwich Don't forget to subscribe to the show On whichever podcast provider you use So you don't miss a podcast It will drop straight into your inbox And Keep an eye on our socials for if Scottish football was an island. Get your tweets in. And we'll be back next week at the usual time with another brand new episode of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Good luck to all your teams this week. Unless you're Falkirk. Bye-bye. <laughs>